It's the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Stand up, stand up. You've been sitting way too long. Welcome back to the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. I'm Steve Scrovan, along with David Feldman and Ralph. In 2016, Donald Trump apparently won Michigan by 10,700 votes. But in Detroit, over 75,000 ballots were never counted. The barriers to voting are enormous, and yet even when people make it through those barriers, their vote isn't always counted. Our next guest is going to tell us what we can do to help protect the vote this fall. David? Greg Palace is an economist and financial investigator turned journalist. He's known for his investigative reports for the BBC, The Guardian, and Rolling Stone. Mr. Palace was instrumental in exposing historic controversies, such as the Shoreham Nuclear Power Station project, Exxon Valdez, the 2000 U.S. presidential election, and Deepwater Horizon. He's the author of The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, and his latest book is How Trump Stole 2020, The Hunt for America's Vanished Voters. Welcome to the Ralph Nader Radio Hour, Greg Palast. Glad to be with you. Welcome indeed, Greg. I'd like to have you indulge me with the following ground rules. I want to spend just 20% of the time in this interview with you describing the horrific categories and deeds on the ground, obstructing voters in America like no other country that presumes to be a, a democracy would even dare to do. And then I want you to tell our listeners what they can do in various states that are going to be swing states. So let's start with your crisp summary of all the various ways voters are obstructed from even being allowed to vote, registered, et cetera, and having their votes counted. You can't get into all the ways because they're innumerable, but let's be candid with our listeners. Most of the obstruction comes from the Republican Party, but not all of it. Some of it came from the Democrats in California against Bernie Sanders. So what are the ways people are obstructed and what kind of people are usually the ones who are blocked? Yeah, Ralph, here's here's how they get you. Number one, they don't let you vote because they've taken you off the voter roll. 16.7 million people in the last two years of record keeping, according to the federal government, 16.7 million people purged, erased, blocked from the voter rolls. Overwhelmingly young people and voters of color. Ballots rejected. One of the secrets of American democracy, our nasty little secrets, we don't count all the votes. According to the Elections Assistance Commission, that's that little agency that tracks our votes and non-votes, 1,913,369 ballots were cast in 2016 and were not counted. Whose ballots don't get counted? These are so-called spoiled ballots. You put a uh, X instead of fill in a bubble. They didn't like your signature. Whatever it is, they rejected almost 2 million ballots. Who's? You're asking again. The U.S. Civil Rights Commission did a study. The chance your vote will be invalidated, that is someone will challenge it and say, don't count that vote, is 900% higher if you're black than if you're white. 900% higher if you're black than if you're white. 500% more if you are Hispanic. And if you're a Native American or an American Native, you're talking about 1,200% more likely than a white person to have your vote disqualified. So we literally don't count the votes. And then we have people shifted. We had two and a half million people shifted to provisional ballots. This is a kind of back of the bus, what I call the placebo ballots. You fill them out, think you voted, but well, the official number is 925,000 of these were never counted. 
So about a million provisional ballots, almost half, were never counted. Who gets them? Well, if you're Hispanic, the chance you'll get a shove to a provisional ballot is 300% more likely than if you're a white voter, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we have voter ID challenges. That's exactly how Trump shoplifted Wisconsin back in 2016. They changed the law so that two weeks, Ralph, before the 2016 election, two weeks, the courts approved a Republican plan signed by Governor Walker, which required photo voter ID to vote. The thing is, is that 182,000 University of Wisconsin students with state photo ID, that ID was disqualified, but your concealed carry gun permit, that was qualified. As a result, 182,000 students were suddenly disenfranchised before the election. And in addition, according to the University of Wisconsin study in in my book, How Trump Stole 2020, according to the University of Wisconsin, 50,000 African-Americans lost their vote because guess who doesn't have driver's licenses? People who don't have cars, who don't drive. And that while that may include you, Ralph, in in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin, that's mostly African-Americans and Hispanics who live in Milwaukee, 50,000 lost their vote. So you have 182,000 students losing their vote in Wisconsin, 50,000 African-Americans minimum, and Trump supposedly wins Wisconsin by 22,000 votes. This game continues. And finally, the most dangerous thing, I'm not going to go through every way that they can get you, Ralph, but the most dangerous thing of all is that according to MIT, are you ready? 22% of all mail-in ballots are never counted. That's not Greg Pallast. That's MIT. One in five mail-in ballots never get counted. And once again, overwhelmingly in communities of color, they know what they're doing. We're talking to Greg Pallast out with a new book called How Trump Stole 2020. Greg, Mm -hmm. people listening to this program are going to say, you know, these are crimes. How do they get away with it? Why aren't they prosecuted convicted and imprisoned. There's only been one prosecution recently in North Carolina, in Georgia, where Brian Kemp, the Secretary of State, stole the election from Stacey Abrams, and he's now the governor, stealing other elections in in the process. How do these people get away with it? Are the laws not criminal statutes with penalties? The prosecutors don't want to prosecute these matters. These are first-class felonies, wouldn't you say? They are indeed. Read the uh, Voting Rights Act, which is still there. They've gutted it, but it's still there. The National Voter Registration Act, other acts, the Voting Rights Act, Civil Rights Act. Yeah, these are crimes. But, you know, vote theft, Ralph, is the perfect crime because you've stolen the police department as well. That is the enforcement mechanism. So, you know, when you say, why isn't there prosecution? I guess you should ask Bill Barr why there is no prosecution of the Trumpitas that stole the election. The attorney general. Yeah, our our so-called attorney general. And so we have a a justice department, which is an injustice department now. And they literally now as a as an attorney, you know how unusual this is. And it's never happened before. The Justice Department lawyers literally picked up their briefcases from the plaintiff's table where ACLU and other organizations were suing on several voting rights cases. And they literally picked up their briefcases and moved to the (laughs) to the defendant's table defending the states that are basically sucking up and blocking you from voting. Well, criminal enterprises pervade the whole Trump regime, obviously. What I think our listeners are interested in, Greg, is the Mm -hmm. following. Trump is falling further and further behind in the polls, even in 
some of the swing states behind Joe Biden. But that's not any guarantee. And the Republicans are working overtime. They don't even make a secret. Trump said, hey, you know, if more people vote, Republicans will never get elected. And people like Brian Kemp, who should have been prosecuted as governor of Georgia, is at it again in in recent primary elections. So how can the people at the grassroots level, looking over their own election registrars and election machinery in towns and cities, how can they fight back on this? How can they be monitors? Give people a lot to do here in a very short time, because if Trump steals the election again, apart from the impeachment authority, he's going to destroy the country. Okay, I'm going to give you two. There's two tracks here. There's the front lines public attack that we have to take on the vote thieving and mainly expose it, right? So basically take the comic book from uh, how Trump stole 2020, take whatever you can, pass it around, go to gregpalace.com and and we'll be giving you more information. But the first thing I want you to do is protect your vote and tell people how to do it. At the back of how Trump stole 2020 is something called the, it says Greg and Ted's new improved ballot condom for, for, you know, safe voting. But here's the the real serious things you must do. Number one, please check your registration. I just told you 16.7 million people have been purged from the voter rolls. Half of those, at least, will be stunned and shocked when they try to get a mail-in ballot, and it never arrives. That's why you saw those giant lines in, in Atlanta and Milwaukee. I spoke with the head of the ACLU down in Georgia, and they were saying everyone in those lines was saying, we asked for the ballot, we never got our ballot, and in fact... The head of the ACLU asked for her ballot 45 days before the election. Her husband didn't receive his till June 10. The election was June 9. Check your registration. And if you don't get a mail-in ballot and demand a mail-in ballot, that's the other thing. It's not just a question of pick and lick. You don't just pick a candidate and lick a stamp. Mail-in voting is complex. If you don't get that request for mail-in ballot to you, you call your county board of elections, your county clerk, Demand that ballot. Don't wait till two days before to find out that they're not mailing you that ballot. And when you do fill it out, for God's sake, don't skip a line. Be very careful. Follow the instructions to a T. And if you're in Alabama, you're going to have to get that thing notarized. If you're in Missouri, you're going to have to get that thing notarized. If you are in Wisconsin, once again, the swing state of swing states, and you are a first-time student, you better, first-time voter, by mail, you better include a photocopy of your ID. And if it's that student ID and you have the right one, you better have also proof that you are, are you ready for this, Ralph? Enrolled in good standing at your school. So don't flunk algebra. You'll lose your vote for president. This is criminal harassment, obviously. We know what the motive is. Yeah, we know what the motive is. Uh, I understand in Florida, you don't have to have a stamp to send it in. They're going to make it stamp free. Because that's a real obstruction. A lot of people don't use stamps anymore, obviously. Well, and it's, you know, it's just enough to often tip someone and say, oh, the heck with it. So, Greg, before we give your website again for all the guidelines and instructions, what proportion of the overall recorded vote in America in 2020 for the presidential race will be mail-in votes and absentee votes? I figure that it will be close to 80 million ballots, which means we could lose 16, 18 million ballots to challenges. That's the problem. It's not it's not a secret ballot anymore once you mail it in. And the problem is mass challenging. And by the way, that stamp is no joke. Over 100,000 people, Ralph, 
lost their vote for postage due in 2016. Imagine what's coming up. And when you talk about having to do a notary, you're talking about a serious poll tax. But the U.S. Supreme Court three weeks ago said Alabama can make you notarize your ballot. And there, Doug Jones is fighting for his life for reelection type battle. And in states like Georgia and Ohio, and Georgia is a swing state this year. It's now a white minority state. So it's a swing state. And uh, several other states, they're not going to mail your mail-in ballot if you are on the so-called inactive list. That is, you skipped an election, you didn't vote in one or two elections. They're not going to send you that ballot. But you can get it still under the federal law by calling your government office, your county office, and demanding it. The state of Ohio in 16 denied 1,039,000 Ohio residents, citizens, who are on the voter rolls, denied them the card asking if you want a mail-in ballot. This is the games that they're playing. How do you think Ohio switched from Obama to Trump? That was a key part of it. Literally not sending ballots to people, a million ballots, mostly to low-income people. Speaking of Ohio, one of the most vicious obstructions is comparing signatures over time of the people who signed petitions. For example, a woman in Toledo got 5,000 signatures on a petition to put me on the ballot in the presidential race in 2004, mm-hmm. and she brought them to the official agency to deposit them, and they looked at her signature. She had to sign off, and they said, oh, your signature now at age 52 is different from your signature when you registered to vote at age 21. All your signatures are invalidated as a result. 5,000. Oh, yeah. Well, that was 2004 Ohio, which I do have in How Trump Stole 2020, because that's where you had Secretary of State, the Republican Secretary of State, Ken Blackwell, who basically fixed the election for George Bush in that election. They certainly, you know, so yeah. And the signature game, we've had about over half a million ballots, and I'm not even counting the hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots, but half a million other ballots or signatures on petition have been rejected because someone says, oh, that signature doesn't match your signature from 10 years ago. I spoke to a court-appointed signature expert who said, these people are crazy. There's no illegal voters out there signing that stuff. They're, they're not experts. They're simply guys with Blackberries who knew which ballots they want to challenge. They said, oh, you left out your middle initial? You used to sign with the middle initial. So obviously that's not you. It's a gotcha game. And, uh, and Ohio, Ohio yeah. mm-hmm. spelled the difference between Bush and Kerry. If Kerry carried Ohio, he would have been president. And how do people listen to you say, yeah, Greg, I want to do this? Who do they contact? Okay, so what you want to do is contact organizations like we have in Southern Christian Leadership Conferences, the Rainbow Push Coalition, others that I've been working with. So you can act and say, I want to act as a poll monitor. I would like to act as a someone working at the polls. And they, Does your they website give them guidance here? We are going to give you guidance, especially on how to do mail-in voting, how to check your registration. We have been suing, as you see in How Trump Stole 2020. I've, I actually sued Brian Kemp and won in federal court to have him release his documents, like the names and, and address of every person he's purged off the voter rolls, that court case win has opened up files all over America. So we're going to be putting up these hit lists of people that they've removed from the polls. And we're talking millions and people who are about to be removed from the polls so you can protect, re-register, protect your vote. 
Let's ask you some macro questions. Yeah. One way to deal with all this obstruction is just to have a universal duty of voting, like Australia. They wouldn't even know what we're talking about, the Australians, because in Australia, voting in federal elections is a civic duty, and they get like a 97% turnout. No politician has to beg and spend money advertising, urging people to come out to vote. Do you favor that? Well, yeah. I mean, my wife is a Swiss citizen. There's no registration. There's no games. Voting is as easy as pie. And again, they have a they have actually a, a bigger foreign-born population proportionally than the United States. They're not worried that illegal voters are going to show up and steal their elections. What they're worried about is people not voting. And it is required in Switzerland to vote, but they don't then say you have to do it, but say, oh, well, get the proper student ID. No, that one doesn't count. And how are your grades in algebra? And no, you didn't put, you should have put two stamps on that vote. No, no, this is a unique American game and it's got to stop. Another question for you. Stacey Abrams, Mm -hmm. you've worked with her in Georgia and she gets a lot of press and is an imposing political figure. And she, she ran for governor she had been the first black woman governor, obviously, of Georgia. The, the election was overwhelmingly stolen from her yeah. by Brian Kemp. Yes. But you know what surprised me? Mm-hmm. That he's at it again, and it's so entrenched, this criminal obstruction and discrimination against certain people and certain age groups. And it's so entrenched that she couldn't even make a difference and block him in the recent primary. How do you explain that? Well, when they get away with it, it encourages them. I mean, look, Brian Kemp, I've been investigating him for Rolling Stone for seven years. This didn't just start. And I've been working with Stacey Abrams for years, and, and she hired my expert team, her, her organization. What's happened is that Brian Kemp did the main way that they've stolen this election. Again, we can steal it back. He came up with a new way of purging voter rolls, that is erasing voters. He removed half a million voters saying that they had moved, that they had left Georgia or left their city. I had the experts from Amazon and eBay. These are the people that know where you were last Tuesday at 2 p.m. They went through every single name of every person purged by Brian Kemp, the GOP secretary of state. He's purging these people while he's running for office. He's eliminating the black voters. He's bleaching voter rolls because these people supposedly moved. But you know what, Ralph? We went through and we found that that a third of a million people on that list had never moved anywhere. Never. 340,134 people, to be exact, were removed from the voter rolls who had never moved anywhere. And that included, I was at the polling station watching this woman in hysterical tears because her great aunt, 92 years old, was just thrown out of a voting station in Atlanta, the place she'd been voting for 50 years since the year her cousin Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered. This is Martin Luther King Jr.'s cousin. I was there, this 92-year-old woman. She was going to be voting for the 50th year. She had dressed up for the occasion, and they threw her out. They threw her out. I was there with Rahim Shabazz. They threw him out. I was there when they threw out Jasmine Bakhtiar. You can guess from their names, their color. It's blue Democrats. People like LeBron James are not waiting. And also, I don't know if you know this, Greg, LeBron James and a, and a group of other professional athletes have persuaded arena owners of big arenas in downtown cities like Cincinnati and Boston and elsewhere, baseball, football, basketball, to open up the arenas as voting precincts. And they're getting the election officials to approve it. Isn't that a great thing? It's excellent because it gives a lot of social distancing space, but 
even more important. You know, but the only trouble is that when we have these big stadium votes like in Lexington, you're still going to have to have people drive for hours. They're going to have to find a car. We're talking about maybe one stadium. Everyone votes in Los Angeles at one place. It's going to be madness. But oh, no, you know, no, that, this is in yeah. addition to existing voting precincts. And so we're going to have to vote by mail, but you're going to have to fight for that vote by mail. And I should tell you, you know, those who know my history, Greg Palace, and it's also in in the book about what happened in Florida in 2000. That's where they took these new Jim Crow techniques for a test drive. I'm the reporter who uncovered that Catherine Harris and Jeb Bush had removed 58,000 black men from the voter rolls saying that they were ex-cons who couldn't vote in Florida. In fact, not one, and I want to emphasize this, Ralph, not a single one of the men that they removed and some women were guilty of any crime but voting while black. And I got to tell you, I wasn't guessing about their race because it says BLA next to their names on the list of people that they were removing. So, and I got to tell you, Florida records on ex-cons, et cetera, are a complete mess. You don't even know what your fines are or aren't. So a lot of people are afraid, are afraid of registering. 1.4 million ex-felons have the right to vote, and they're afraid. There are other things that get people out to vote, too. There's Amendment 2 in Florida to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour on the ballot for this November. That's going to get more people out to vote. There are millions of workers in Florida making less than that. On your website, Greg, do you have a description of a mail-in ballot so they can get familiar with it, people who've never used it before? So when they get the ballot sent after they apply for it, they have a base of familiarity. As we were speaking, Ralph, my team is putting up a state-by-state description of exactly what you have to do to get your ballot and get it counted. In addition, I'm having some people here in Hollywood help me create videos and PSAs, which we'll be putting out as well, to show you how to get your ballot, protect your ballot, protect your vote, get it counted. Give your website again. GregPalast.com. That's G-R-E-G. P-A-L-A-S-T, gregpalace.com. Okay, we've got a few minutes for questions or comments from Steve and David Feldman, who has his own program in Los Angeles. He'd like to have you on, Greg. Go ahead. Thank you, Ralph. Well, you go ahead, Steve. I got what I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) When do I get what I want? (laughs) Greg. Trump is making a big deal about how fraudulent mail-in balloting is. How does this square with everything you've just said about what's going on with mail-in balloting? What what is he afraid of? I think people have got this wrong. It's not a question of that. Trump isn't actually against mail-in balloting. He mailed it in his own ballot. Listen carefully to what he says. He says, "If if we follow the Democrats' suggestion, they will never lose because What the Democrats are proposing, several, is making voting easy. What a concept. In other words, literally let Americans vote. And he knows that if you let Americans vote of all colors and of all ages, yeah, he's kind of right. The the GOP is toast. I think he's correct that democracy is not going to work too well for the red team. He's got a substantial elderly voting block. Wouldn't blocking mail-in balloting actually hurt him on that end of the process? Again, he's not really talking about ending mail-in voting. He likes the really complex, crazy rules that make it difficult and expensive to carry out and also make 
all those ballots subject subject to challenge. So right now, one in 10 people who ask for ballots never get them. He likes that because the one in 10 happen to be of a certain color. And again, people, for example, who move, students who move dorm room to dorm room. In the inner cities, you have people, renters. We found people who lost their right to vote because they moved an apartment, their apartment within their building. By the way, that's a violation of federal law. But hey, who's going to bust them, right? So what he's saying is, if we make it easy for people to vote and fair and send everyone a ballot, which is, you know, the best democratic proposals, the best proposals out there by nonpartisan groups is everyone should get a ballot. I do in California. I don't have to ask for a ballot. It comes to my house unless I say, don't send it. Okay. And you don't see massive scoop ups of ballots and in, in people and the, the ballots being sent across uh, to the border and sent back from Mexico. It's ridiculous. It has not happened. And You know, I've challenged these guys like Chris Kobach of Kansas, who's one of the characters, Trump's vote thief in chief. He's the brains behind most of this vote thieving that Trump does. You know, I've challenged him. I've confronted him. So where exactly are these illegal voters, Chris Kobach of Kansas? You know, he actually had the right to arrest people. Where are these illegal double voters, these alien voters? He doesn't have a fraudulent mail-in ballot, and he tried for years to find people. You know that North Carolina Republicans hired an FBI agent, gave him a million-dollar budget and six months to uncover what they said were absolute. There were 35,000 illegal voters, 100% absolutely. Almost all of them, by the way, were black and Hispanic and Asian American, all these illegal voters. So they hired an FBI agent to arrest them after a year. He determined that not one was an illegal voter. They were just guilty of voting while non-white. It's the big lie, which, of course, Trump has replicated thousands of times in the compilation by The Washington Post. Given what you know, given your convictions, Greg, what's the single demand you'd like to make on Donald Trump right now? Never mind its political probability. What would you like Donald Trump to do right now? Let our people vote. Everyone gets a mail-in ballot, so no one has to die to vote. I thought you'd say resign. <laughs> you know what? I got Here's my thing. I'm a big fan of democracy. You know, and if Trump wins, wins the vote, not shoplifts the vote, then, you know, I'm, I'm ready to live with the results of democracy. But I know he isn't. But you say he stole the election in 2016. So yes, why are you willing to let a thief an electoral well, if, I, if I could wave a magic wand, I would say that the person who won the election should be in office. I mean, it, you know, I call me crazy, Ralph. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the winner ought to take office. Of course, you know, he never was elected. He was selected by this antiquated, crazy electoral college. And don't forget, as I said, he didn't win Wisconsin by 22,000 votes If if you because he took away 200,000 voters ID and said, you can't vote. And in Michigan, as you opened up with in my chapter, Michigan, Michigan, explained, yeah, he won Michigan by 10,000 votes, but 75,000 ballots, that's official, 75,000 ballots were never counted in Detroit. Now tell me whose votes those were. I was there in Detroit. I actually talked to one of the voters who lost their ballot, Jose Garcia. And, you know, everyone in his precinct was Garcia or Rodriguez you know, so you get the idea. Yeah. Well, you know, have you been on national media, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN? Have you been on PBS, NPR? You rather have an important subject matter here. 
dream on, Ralph. <laughs> I mean, you know, once in a while they sneak me on on the weekends on MSNBC or something. But yeah, once in a while. But it's, yeah, it's very, very difficult to get national attention to a very difficult subject. No one wants to talk about. Well, you see, this is a reflection. It's not just the media. I mean, I just read the other day, there's an article in the Washington Post. And it, in the last year, a 16-year-old young woman in Southern Connecticut developed certain dances on TikTok. She yeah. has 60 million followers. Wouldn't you like 60 million followers for something as important as what you're doing, Greg Palace? Yes. Well, I do have the followers. And don't forget, I am mainstream. That is, I, you know, Guardian, BBC Television. In the rest of the world, these are the mainstream outlets, not little, you know, backwaters of American media. Greg, can't you learn to do a certain dance so you can get maybe several million followers what, on what, TikTok? Whatever it takes. I actually once set my hat on fire, that that and that got a lot of attention on on the media. But yeah, by the way, you there is the you know I have a Facebook following, which is pretty large. But that's what we need. We need people to get the word out through the media. Look, we have to accept that the new media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all the rest. Please take the ballot condom for safe voting, the ways to save your vote and, and put it out through your socials. I'm encouraging everyone to do this. We're going to, they can't steal all the votes all the time. So we have to steal it. We just have to steal the election back. That's the number one thing we can do it. You can overwhelm the, the steal and you can stop the steal. If we, if we really work at it, look, this is the week of John Lewis's burial. When they crossed the Pettus bridge in 1965, when they began the march to Montgomery, they were told there's no chance in the world that the president or the Congress will ever pass a voting rights act, a blanket voting rights act. By the time they got to Montgomery, Lyndon Johnson was in front of Congress saying, here's the voting rights act we shall overcome. What else can people do? What else can they pressure their legislators to do? Anything more Congress can do in time? Well, there's a lot Congress can do. I don't know if they're going to do it under you know, obstructionist McConnell. But absolutely, number one, obviously, there should be no postage required to either request a mail-in ballot or otherwise. And it should be like Oregon, California, Washington, Colorado, other states. Every person should get a mail-in ballot. It's your choice whether you want to use it or drop it off so you don't have to wait in line. That's it's happening really in California. Everybody's getting a ballot. Yeah, everyone in several states will be getting the ballot, period. Not in the biggest problem is that you have to know what the rules are, by the way. And that's why gregpals.com are going to have all the rules for the states. Some of these rules for mailing in your ballot are nuts. And by the way, Stacey Abrams almost lost her vote because her return envelope had been sealed shut in the Georgia humidity. She has a Yale law degree, so she knew that if she ripped open that envelope, or re try to use that and tape it or use a different envelope, she'd lose her vote. But thousands of Georgians lost their vote that way. Be very, very super careful with your ballot and make sure you get it. But again, what can Congress do? Number one, let's end this challenge game. Donald Trump is talking about a vigilante force of 50,000. People are worried that this will be a group of people to intimidate voters. I can tell you a bunch of slobs in Hawaiian shirts with their little pop guns are not going to intimidate the voters I've seen waiting in line five hours. They're not going to be intimidated. What I am concerned about is a mass challenge of the mail-in votes. We don't like that signature, wrong postage due. They didn't properly fill out the outside of the form. They used a red pen. My sister is a lawyer. 
lost her vote in California because she didn't properly fill in a bubble on her absentee ballot. In California, you can check. So, you know, while it is mostly, they mostly challenge African-American votes because they know the color of the vote, blue, I'm very concerned about mass challenges. We should say no challenges to votes unless you have absolute stone-cold expert evidence that it's a stolen vote. And if there really is a stolen vote, Let's let's get down to the voting precincts. One of the techniques you point out in your book is they close the precincts and the number of them, like Louisville, Kentucky, in the primary a few days ago, just had one arena in downtown Louisville. The only place you could actually vote in person was one place, and they closed down dozens of others. So let's get down to the precinct level. Sojourners, which you know is a, a very good group of pastors, They are going to have a lawyer and a clergy person at hundreds of precincts in key states like Pennsylvania and North Carolina to deal with the intimidation problem. But it also, you know, people are scared coming down there and they see these people glaring at them. So they want to do that. That's good. But, you know, if you do have citizen monitors outside the precinct, it may have an effect on the shenanigans going on inside. One hundred percent. Spell this out, Greg. One hundred percent. By the way, in Milwaukee, they went from one hundred and eighty polling stations to five because the courts would not let the governor delay the primary to avoid the virus. They couldn't get poll workers, so we've got a big problem. If if you don't get your ballot, you're going to have to wait in that line. Please sign up to work as a poll worker because. We've lost about 80% of our poll workers because they're over 60 and they are not crazy and not going to sit at that table. I We need young people to begin starting to volunteer as poll workers, second as poll watchers, and third, something that Democrats have rarely done. And when I say Democrats, because it's usually the ones that the Republicans sit there during the count and they challenge ballots. Everyone has to participate, whether you're green, blue, red, white, I don't care. You're going to have to – we need people – to watch the actual count of the vote. I remember in New Mexico in 2004, Ralph, the Republicans took New Mexico because they challenged enough Democratic ballots, especially mail-in ballots, to flip New Mexico. And the only party challenging the challenge was the Green Party. The Democrats didn't even show up. So when the Republicans said, don't count that ballot, it was only Green Party people who said, no, you got to count that ballot. So we need people who are prepared for the mass challenge of votes Canadian listeners must wonder what kind of chaos the USA has descended into. In Canada, the census produces the registered voter. You know, if if you're counted in the census, you're registered. In Canada, I'm told they have so many precincts because they restrict each precinct to 500 voters. So you don't have to go far from your house or wherever you work to go to a precinct. In the U.S., sometimes you got to you got to get into a car and travel five, six, ten miles in a rural area. And they're cutting the number of voting precincts, as Greg Palace points out in his book, How Trump Stole 2020. Give the website, because people are understandably prone to being confused here. Like, right. there's so many different curlicues sure. and obstructions. Your sure. website gives guidance. Give it slowly, Greg. Okay, go to gregpalast.com. That's G-R-E-G-P-A-L-A-S-T, gregpalast.com. And right there, actually, at the top of the site, I actually have our little ballot condom. This, you know, you don't wrap it around your ballot. You, what you do is 
follow the seven steps to protect your vote. But again, it's protecting your vote and then being active to protect everyone's vote. I'm very, very concerned. While the book is called How Trump Stole 2020, we can steal it back. That is, we can bust the burglary. Ralph, they can't steal all the votes all the time. 7.8 million voters and votes were blocked in 2016. That's the official numbers from the EAC, from the government, and it's in the book. 7.8 million votes. But you can overcome that. You can't win with 51%. That's the other thing. Don't steal your own vote. Do what you can to vote. Well, to what extent, Greg, are your revelations going to backfire and discourage people from doing ballot voting in a COVID-19 period? You know, there's going to be, as you say, almost half of the votes in the country in the presidential election are going to be absentee or mail-in voters. Are you worried about discouraging people if you don't put tools in their hand, go down the precinct, be monitors, volunteer? inside the building. How do you address that? Real easy. A lot of Democrats, the white Democrats, have been saying, you can't talk about vote suppression. You can't talk about how they're stealing your vote. People won't vote. Stacey Abrams proved that wrong. She shouted it from the rooftops before the election night. They're stealing this vote. They're stealing this election. They're stealing this election. And the massive turnout that resulted from people saying, you're not going to steal my vote. They steal votes because they're valuable. That's why they steal them. And, you know, if someone's going to steal your car, you don't say, oh, well, here, here, throw them the keys. No, you say that's it. And back to actually, to prove your point, that's what happened in the recent primary in Milwaukee. Exactly. People stood in line for five hours, sometimes under the rain, basically saying they're not going to obstruct me from voting. You remember, I was in Milwaukee just before the COVID shutdown, and I was having my teams talk to the people in those lines. That's exactly it. They are stealing my vote. They never mailed me my ballot. They took me off the voter rolls. All these things, those people were going to stand in line and nothing was going to pull them out. The important, you actually motivate people. And by the way, I saw this in Mexico when AMLO, the current president, I was there in 2006 and met with him when the election was just brutally stolen from him. By the way, that was orchestrated by the Bush administration, the vote theft in Mexico. And he made that his number one campaign theme when he ran again in 2018. He said he had five points. His number one is we will count every vote, period. And we'll stay in the streets until the votes are counted. And he won that time because they can't steal all the votes all the time. They steal about 6%. That's what it is. 6% steal, Ralph. And just to encourage people listening, there are a lot of citizen groups working alongside what Greg is talking about. For example, there's the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition that's Mm -hmm. dealing with the blockage by the governor of ex-felons from voting if they still own some court cost states. You know, in Florida, they charge ex-felons for health insurance, for public defender, for food. I mean, it's just telephone. And what's just happened is that LeBron James, he has 60 million followers on his Twitter account. He has started a nonprofit group called More Than a Vote, and he's put a first down payment of $100,000 to the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition to pay off the debts of these ex-felons so they can exercise their right to vote. As you know, the U.S. District Court in Florida said, that's a poll tax get rid of it. You can't block ex-felons who've done their time from voting because they owe 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 300 bucks for court fines or costs. And then the circuit court reversed. And then the Supreme Court, the dodging 5-4 Supreme Court, sent it back without making a decision. 
So it's in limbo now. Yeah. By the way, the Republicans have one explanation for obstructing votes. It's called voter fraud. The allegation itself is a fraud. Explain. Yeah. In fact, in my book, I did a calculation. I, I spoke to Professor Lorraine Minitti, who's the number one expert on fraudulent voting. And we calculated out that the chance of getting hit by lightning is about 520% more likely than you're casting a fraudulent vote. That is, you're five times more likely to be hit by lightning. It just doesn't happen because you it's easy to catch you and you will go to prison. In Wisconsin, there was the issue of impersonation fraud, right? That's why they said they needed to have a voter ID. I don't know what the, to stop fraud. Yeah, and you have to prove you're a properly enrolled student. Crazy stuff. Again, to stop fraud, I looked at their records. In 100 years of record keeping, there is not one case of voter impersonation fraud in Wisconsin. However, almost 200,000 students and people of color lost their right to vote to prevent the fraud, which doesn't happen. Grim. I'm sorry that voting is going to be more than, you know, again, pick the president and lick the stamp. No, you're going to have to work at it. But you know what? It's worth it because if if the leaders pick you instead of you picking the leaders, what is that? When you don't pick the people who control you, you're a slave. So what we're suggesting here is basically a slave uprising. Check your registration. Look, the Palace Investigative Fund, which is a not-for-profit foundation, is going to back this idea of low-cost bulk sales so we can get the word out. If you want to donate, we'll pass out books in your name. And look, I just want you to get the book too and pass it around, photocopy whatever you want. I'm not worried about copyrights here. I'm trying to get democracy saved, not to see how many copies I can sell. So pick up the book. And by the way, pick up the book this week. Send gregpalast.com a copy of your receipt or something like that. And we'll get you the audio book, no cost, because I want you to spread around in your, well, I know there's no carpools, but whatever clubs you have, Listen to it. I want to get the word out. It's about saving this democracy. The book, as I know, says I, I don't want people to be discouraged when it says how Trump stole 2020. It's not over. Yeah, that's a fact. He erased all these voters. They changed the rules. They're trying to the, the election's fixed, but we can unfix it. We really can. That's the only way it happens is action. Anyway, it, we're out of time, unfortunately. Those of you who belong to large membership groups, civil rights groups, voting rights groups, consumer, environmental, worker groups, unions, all your interests are at stake in the coming election. And I'm not urging people to vote one way or another. I think people should vote their conscience. And if their conscience is Green Party, go for it. But what's going on in this country is the most serious challenge to a democratic society in its history, apart from wars. And we've got to play a role, all of us. We've got to do our homework. And you can start by reading this book, How Trump Stole 2020. We don't have to steal the election back. We have to recover the election as implied in the preamble to our Constitution. We, the people, are the sovereigns. Thank you very much, Greg Palace. Thank you so much, Ralph, for the opportunity. Stand up, stand up. You've been sitting way too long.